Brian Health takes the responsibility to lead and to do the things that make everyone better, healthier, and moving forward together. Here's another Brian Health podcast with Melanie Cole. If you're anything like me, juggling that work and life balance and trying to stay healthy all at the same time can seem really impossible. My guest today is going to tell us how to do that. She's Dr. Jessica Heckman. She's a family practice physician at Family Medicine of Lincoln. Welcome to the show, Dr. Heckman. So that's the big question. We've got aging parents. We're trying to do all of these things, and sometimes it feels like we're a little bit going to lose it. How do we maintain this balance? You know, it's something that's so interesting, and I spend so much of my day talking about it every single day because it is a concern for everyone, and you can't just address the physical things people have. This, more than anything, I think might be the number one emotional well-being, psychological well-being concern that people do have. The biggest conflict of it all is surely that juggling. You have so much time that's being taken out of your day in working and caring for others, that finding the time to take on that well-being is absolutely challenging. And so we spend a lot of time talking about little things that we can sort of start to improve, uh, just little, little tricks day by day, just to take it one step at a time and start at square one with sort of improving your health. And the biggest first thing that I really tell people is kind of assessing where you are from your mental well-being, assessing, is it affecting your physical well-being? It's so impressive the number of times that I see people who come in just having anxiety almost to the point of vibrating. And we have to talk about, okay, what are we going to do to kind of assess that you're breathing quickly? You're maybe having panic attacks and and how are we going to step that down a little bit? What are we going to do? Ultimately, I like to start at least with a little bit is to say, we're going to focus on breathing. We're just going to focus on those physical changes first of trying to get you breathing less quickly and trying to calm your mind down. And that is a particularly good place to start because it doesn't take much time every day. It just takes sometimes even 10 seconds, three times a day to get that adrenaline level down and to really help you recharge a little bit. And that's usually a nice jumping off point to start with. So breathing is a great way. Do you think personally, in your opinion, that the technology that we've got going on today and people working from home and emails constantly coming in and instant message and and all of these things, do you feel that that adds to our stress or helps us to be more oh. efficient? You know, I think it's a, it's a two-way street on that. Absolutely. I know as a doctor, usually at any given time, I'll have three simultaneous patients, people messaging me, people emailing me. We do have multitasking enforced upon us quite a bit. And, you know, that to some extent is technology-based and is just how we function. The big thing is stopping that mind frame when we don't need it anymore. Because, you know, so much of the time we'll go home and our brain will still keep jumping from one thing to another, to another, to another, to another, because that's what we are used to doing. And so staying present in the moment you're in with your family so you aren't feeling that continual rush to do one thing, to get to the next thing, to know that the next thing is happening, to actually stay mentally present where you're at, it takes a lot of practice to say, I'm taking a step back. I don't need to be having my mind jump around. 
you know, that many interruptions, it does, we know, decrease efficiency. Um, again, like I said, sometimes it is necessary to know what's going on multiple times, but to stop one task, switch to another, and then switch back to something else, it does decrease your efficiency. It is very important, I think, for people to acknowledge that, especially at home, because, you know, people will think I'm being extra efficient trying to do and think of all these things. And realistically, the way kind of the the simile that I like to use is that it's a it's like if you're an engine that's running at 100% efficiency 75% of the time, it's the equivalent as running at 75% efficiency 100% of the time. So you're you're putting in less effort from being fatigued all the time, from being run down um, and doing it for longer versus if you take that little bit of investment time to recharge, just a little bit of extra time to recharge and allowing yourself to work more efficiently. It does take some thought and practice and, you know, forethought to figure out how you're going to do that. Definitely some definite planning there. But, uh, you know, it, it's an investment in yourself and your time. It's definitely worth making. Well, it is about setting boundaries, certainly, and, and about turning our brains off. And we know sleep is so important. How do we turn our brains off and set those boundaries? Well, the the exercise that you mentioned is a huge component. We know it's an endorphin booster. We know it gets some of our excess adrenaline off that we need off. And it's just so helpful for sleep. Um a big thing of that is the nighttime routine. You know, most of us, we're doing work right up until, you know, right up until bedtime. I definitely am at fault of that often. I know last night I was up until 1 a.m. doing paperwork. And so we try and be as good about it as we can. But that nighttime routine of these 20 minutes leading up to bedtime, this is my nighttime routine that's not tied to work. I would say getting that calmer mindset is definitely important to transition and then making sure, again, that even the light of the alarm clock is not facing your way, that you don't have screens, the cell phones are not lighting up near you is huge. The shutting off your mind is honestly, I think, the hardest thing. I mean, that's the principle of meditation. And for a lot of people, I would say I don't necessarily tell them you have to shut your mind completely off at bedtime. If you can at least refocus, I like to use tactile sensations about staying present to where you're at. You know, how do the covers feel on me? I'm going to think about that. Looking up at the room that's around you and observing what you see there. I do like visual imagery techniques as you're going to bed. Um, just to say, I'm envisioning this scene and I'm really trying to go do a good job getting as much detail in it as I can and, and imagining myself within it. And I, I do like utilizing that versus just the saying, keeping my mind blank, because I think then you get frustrated and then it's more upsetting. And then you're obviously going to be not as likely to sleep as well. So really working on that calming transition is important and knowing that that is your, your recharge and rejuvenation time. We have to give ourselves a break sometimes because, as you say, to try and use this visual imagery. and But sometimes we think we negative self-talk. That's a first thing that we do. How do we forgive ourselves and stop talking so negatively about the things that we're doing that are really superhuman? Oh, absolutely. Well, I think, you know, I mean, the best advice that I can give is it's, it. we know it's a human thing and to try and become accepting of that. It's 
that basis of I am not going to be 100% perfect at all of these regimented things that I do, but ultimately that is what is going to make for an overall healthier me. You know, to have your laundry done and folded 100% of the time, well, yes, it might be done and folded, but internally it might not be uh, the best thing for you to keep long-term working and feeling well about your daily schedule and how you're doing. I mean, this is not a sprint we're looking at. This is a marathon. And that's where that general wellness comes in. You know, that's in that negative thinking. If you have that rushed mindset and you walk into home and you're just like, oh my goodness, I'm just, I'm not in a happy mental place right now because I've had this bad day at work and now I'm home. You don't want it bleed over, bleeding over to home. Having that nice calming transition time where you have that capacity to reset for even, you know, 30 seconds and say, I'm not taking this home with me, which again, it's a skill that takes practice. You have to catch yourself doing it and remind yourself that that's not you being maximally efficient. Allowing yourself to be your home self allows you to be maximally efficient everywhere and really helps with that positive attitude. What about pampering ourselves? Where does that fit in? We can breathe and we can turn off our minds and we can take care of everything and give ourselves a break. But what about that stress reduction of maybe an occasional massage, the exercise, a bath, a glass of wine, mm-hmm. any of these things that give us a chance to just sort of be us? Well, I think you have to decide what is going to be that mental rejuvenation for you. You have to do the little bits to just take a few seconds every day, but you do also have to invest in, you know, at least, gosh, I, I again, I'm at fault for it too often, but you have to allow for that self-time and not feel guilty about taking it. For example, like you mentioned the gym, one thing that I think is great that a lot of Lincoln gyms offer is the uh, childcare that's attached to it. So your children can go and have fun while you're working out and you're still doing it as somewhat of a of a family activity and then you know you're doing something good for yourself they're doing something good for themselves they're fostering a good healthy attitude there and you still have that pampering effect you know that's goodness for you all over but you do need to have some some days where you wind down and it does take some planning and forethought as a parent usually to decide what that's going to be, how it's going to happen. Does that mean I'm going out to dinner with a friend of mine? Does that mean that, you know, or we are going to go out and get a drink? Or if you like a facial and that's what replenishes and renews you, that you are taking that time to do that, you know. But again, that is one thing where it is definitely worth planning and making sure that, you know, you get there and definitely not canceling at the last minute because I know a lot of moms will say, oh, I had this come up and I just can't do it. But making sure you you find a way to make it happen. So wrap it up for us then, Dr. Heckman, with your best advice for parents listening, men and women, how we can balance that work and life, the stress and the multitasking, the technology and the responsibilities to our families, our employers, and ourselves. And kind of give us your best advice, what you tell people every day about the most important things we should be doing. I mean, you have to tailor it to you and where you're at mentally. 
for everyone with stress, you've got to walk before you can run. And the biggest thing is seeing where your mind's at. If your brain is doing that jumping where you can't have one linear thought, even when the day is done, where you can't feel like you're present and enjoying your family, reminding yourself to take that step back, to even go to a separate place for 10 seconds just to do small episodes of deep breathing to get you back to where you need to be. That's number one and the key place to start. So you can remind yourself, I'm going to enjoy where I am at. Remembering to have that transition from work to home so you can rejuvenate and be ready for work the next day and remind yourself that you are not, you know, that that you are not taking that that baggage with you and it will make you maximally efficient in order to do that. That will make you more productive that next day. And so having that introspection, that's the best way, the best, I think, advice that I can give is just to start with it, to really keep checking in with yourself to say, what's my stress level at? Where am I at? And then if you feel like it's beyond where you can turn it around on your own to get that help if you need it, because humans are complex individuals. We have to figure out how we're being impacted, like how we're being impacted what we're going to do to change it and continually reassess where we're at because we will try and find a way to work around that stress. One thing is not going to work the best way for you for 20 years. You've got to have a lot of tools in that toolkit. And so we start with the little ones and we just keep building up from there. That is great advice. Something we all need to heed. So thank you so much for all that good information. This is Brian Health Podcast. If you want more information on healthy living, please visit brianhealth.org. That's brianhealth.org. I'm Melanie Cole, and thanks for tuning in.